this well, guy. they say you can't teach old dogs new tricks. You should see what I taught Stu. Well, maybe later. Um, there is one thing that you can do for your old dog, and that is make him happier and healthier. It's what happened with my dog Uno when I started uh, him on uh, Rough Greens. It's not a dog food. It's a, it's a supplement that you put on the dog food. Honestly, I only did it because I wanted him to eat. By the way, could not get him over 90 pounds, and he should be about 100, and, uh, about 100, maybe 105. He's 110 his entire life. Now, he has slowed down, but his entire life, he would, he'd never get close because he wouldn't eat. Rough Greens has helped him eat and lick the bowl clean. Get a free bag of Rough Greens for your dog just to try out. All you pay for is shipping. Go to roughgreens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Beck or call 833-GLEN-33, 833-GLEN-33. It's roughgreens.com slash Beck. Go there now. been following for a very long time and talking to people about um, and trying to get interest in it so people understand the future that is right around the corner now quantum computing and artificial intelligence those two things are in our future in our near horizon future and they are going to change everything about life on earth Last week, there was a national security uh, presidential directive that went out that was promoting that the United States get serious about quantum computing because quantum computing is around the corner and it makes cryptology a thing of the past. It will it will break everything quickly. Once it's really up to speed, and it's gaining speed quickly now. Canada is already using uh, quantum uh, computing to work out very complex problems. Where are we? Where's China? And what is what does all of this mean? Plus, I want to talk to you a little bit about what this means for cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and where we are on that. Bitcoin seems to be cratering. Is that just the usual crater? Is this just another time when everybody goes, it's absolutely over this time. Is it or not? We go there in 60 seconds with Jeff Brown. He's one of my favorite guests to have on. Uh, The clock is ticking. 
What clock is it that you might ask? The one that's counting down the moment when your car is going to need a repair done. Yeah. If your warranty is expired, it's like a stopwatch. Maybe it's a long way off. Maybe it's right around the corner. But when that check engine light goes off, don't you get that sinking feeling? I, I mean, I have warranty on my car, and I still get that, stinky, uh, that sinking feeling. My trucks, well, they're long out of warranty. But the good news is I have car shield. When my truck broke down, I brought it into the dealership, and I'm like, please be gentle. They knew that I had car shield. I told them they had car shield. Um, they did the repair. I came back. Just one of the repairs was like six. I think it was six thousand. The reason why I don't remember is because Car Shield took care of all of it. They said, "I said, what did it cost?" And they said six thousand. And I, I was like, "You would? You should have called me. I would. I would have taken the truck and just dumped it at the wrecking yard." And they're like, "No, no, no. Car Shield took care of it." I just wanted to get out of there as fast as I could because I thought I got away with something great. It's Car Shield. Get coverage now. 800-391-8888. 800-391-8888. Carshield.com slash Beck. Jeff Brown. Welcome to the program, sir. Good morning. It's great to be back, Glenn. Uh, it's great to have you on. Uh, you are the founder and chief investment uh, analyst at Brownstone Research, editor of the Bleeding Edge. I mean, I'm not saying this to you. Saying this to everybody who is listening, you know who you are, um, and a uh, and a favorite on this program. He is uh, the. Uh, would you call yourself kind of a futurist? I, I would definitely say I'm a technologist and a futurist. Okay, so let's start with what happened last week. Um, the The Biden administration signed an executive order that said we got to get serious about quantum computing and because i don't trust anything um in a an executive order i wondered what it was uh and why the sudden haste on quantum computing and i knew you'd be the guy to answer answer those questions yes um well it's, you know in terms of of this particular um administration uh, you know, this, this particular announcement is largely driven by really what's happening in China. Um, you know, we've seen at a state level in China, billions of dollars uh, invested um, over the last decade uh, to develop quantum computing technology um, in China. And there is a very growing uh, concern that these machines, these quantum computers, um, will quickly become powerful enough to decrypt um, existing uh, data and information, uh, particularly that of which, which has been uh, collected and stolen and hacked uh, over the years. Um, quantum computing basically allows the, these repositories of state secrets and uh, uh, technology um, to basically become uh, visible, readable, usable, and um, obviously, if China has the ability to have this level of com computational power, um, the U.S. really needs to do something in terms of being able to find new ways to encrypt and protect uh, existing and new information from uh, these types of um, potential uh, hacks. Okay, can you first of all explain what quantum computing even is? 
you know, probably the easiest way to think of this is, is that it is really the next generation of computing systems. It is, um, but it's, it's, it's a lot. It's, I mean, if the abacus to the, um, uh, to the modern day supercomputer, is it as, is it as much of a change as saying that today's supercomputer compared to a full-blown uh, quantum computer is the abacus? It, it, it's, even more, it's even more dramatic than that. It's more significant than that. Holy cow. You know, quantum computing has the ability to basically um, uh, uh, manipulate particles uh, in a way that has doubly or triply exponentially more computing power compared to a supercomputer, not just the computers that we use every day, a laptop or a desktop, but to the world's most powerful supercomputer. Uh, it's uh, doubly or triply exponential in terms of computing computational power than, uh, than a classical computing uh, architecture. That's, that's how dramatic this shift is. Can you explain, I'm sorry to get into all this uh, tech stuff, but you, to to be able to understand the rest of this, the uh, stories and the questions that I have, can you explain what a qubit is? Yeah, so a qubit is, we think about kind of uh, a particle, um, but what makes qubits very unique is that um, a normal computer bit is uh, a, a, like a transistor. Um, it's a zero or a one. And we calculate things with zeros or ones. It's obviously very efficient and effective. It's what all of our computing systems are built on. But in comparison, they're relatively slow. When we're manipulating a quantum bit, a particle, it is able to have something called a superposition, which means it can almost have an infinite number of positions. So rather than a zero or a one, you know, it can have almost an infinite number of positions that can be used to calculate or solve complex problems. And so what happens is with every qubit that we add to a quantum computer, it has this doubly exponential effect on the power of the computing system. And that's what makes it such a radical breakthrough. Um, it doesn't just, when you add one qubit, it doesn't just double the power. When you add four, it doesn't quadruple the power. Um, it just multiplies. And, um, and that's why you can have a single quantum computer that's more powerful than the most powerful uh, supercomputer on Earth. So, um, so a qubit is kind of like, excuse me for, you know, I'm a poor man's futurist here. A qubit is kind of like, uh, we would compare like the Commodore 64 was what, 64 bits uh, at the very beginning of co uh, computing. So we're looking at qubits, which are far more powerful, but we're still at the beginning. What are we at? A uh, hundred and... 20 qubits where well, this, are we this is a there's some there's some nuance there um so back in 2019 we reached a point or i should say uh, google uh, reached a point of um, demonstrating something called quantum supremacy that was accomplished with a 50 53 quantum bit quantum computer and that quantum supremacy was the moment that a single quantum computer and just to put things in perspective, this is something that basically is about the size of a refrigerator physically. Um, a single quantum computer was able to outperform the world's most powerful 
supercomputer, which is something that physically is the size of football fields. Holy cow. For perspective. And yes, 50 I mean, and 53 cubits is that was our first uh, you know, we're just just brand new getting into it. 53 is kind of like 24 24 baud or 2400 baud when we were like, "Oh, look how fast it is." And it took, you know, a day to print a picture. Exactly. Um, you know, we're just stepping into the water and we've already seen that power. And by the way, Glenn, that was three years ago. And um, what's very interesting about what Google has been doing is that they really, they've been keeping their cards close to their chest. They haven't really revealed how much progress that they've made since that September um, 2019 quantum supremacy date. We know they've made radically large progress. We just don't know exactly how much. And they recently spun out um, their quantum computing division into a newly formed company uh, called Sandbox AQ. The A stands for artificial intelligence. The Q stands for quantum computing. And they've taken in some large nine-figure amount of investment. And uh, guess who's there as well? InQtel, which is the venture capital arm of the CIA. Holy cow. So, uh, all right. So, we IBM is saying that we could be at 4,000 qubits, which, again, the supercomputer um, is beaten by 53 qubits. At what point can we break all encryption? Um, so, th- there, th- again, there's a little bit of nuance here. One of the predictions that I've made is that in 2022, we will see a... 256 quantum bit computer that's announced. Um, and, and obviously that will be massively more powerful than what Google demonstrated back in 2019. Yes. Within this year, theoretically, um, a computing system like that could crack all existing um, kind of standard encryption that's been used over the last two decades. Uh, and it's not something that would have to run for months or years or weeks. It would literally, you could crack a file in seconds, really. Now, the nuance here um, is that these computing systems, quantum computing systems, have one major problem that the industry is working hard to solve, which mm. is noise. They tend to be very noisy, they, and because of the noise, they're error-prone. And so the big focus of the quantum computing industry this year is really around kind of error correction and reducing the noise in these systems so that they can be used for their desired purposes. And when you're talking noise, you're not talking about noise that we hear with our ears, um, right? You're talking about... That's right. I so mean, the only thing I can... About, go ahead. We think about these quantum bits. You know, they're obviously very sensitive. Anything from vibration to heat... Um, the quantum computers tend to run in basically um, uh, uh, ref- large refrigerators. But it's not operate. It's not really. Re- I mean, it's uh, isn't it 80 below zero? And aren't most of them underground? Well, it's they, they, do, they just do that to help with um, the, again, noise. the stability of yeah. the environment. But they, they run right basically at the temperature of deep space. 
Okay, so now yeah. let's talk about some practical things here. How long are we before uh, China, or what do you have to get to before a country or company could actually hack into our banks, into the Pentagon, uh, or into cryptocurrency, blockchain? Um, well, hacking into a network is something that um, happens now uh, every year. Um, but I mean, and, uh, I, I mean enough to be able to break the codes. And I mean, they're always attempting, especially yeah. with the military. But we've blocked them so far. Is is will quantum computing help get control of our banking or 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 um, military? The, the the bad actors, at least my prediction, my forecast is that. Um, within the next 18 months, um, therefore before the end of 2023, that the quantum computers will be powerful enough to basically break any file, encrypted file that has been stolen. This could be from the private sector, could be from the public sector. We'll be able to break the encryption uh, of that file. And so anything that's been stolen to date and has been um, held um, will soon be visible, I think, by the end of next year because of how quickly I'm seeing quantum computing technology develop. Okay, so I'm going to take a one-minute break. When we come back, explain what do you mean by file that had been... Can you give us some examples of what you think that might mean might be coming our way? Uh, In 60 seconds as we continue with uh, Jeff Brown. Um, When things uh, go into uh, the kind of troubled times that we are heading for, um, there can be shortages, things as important as baby formula. That's when you realize sky's the limit here. Nobody knows what's coming. I will tell you that the world is is preparing for mass starvation, not here in America, I pray, um, mainly in Africa and third world countries that are just not going to have the food. But this is going to affect all of us. Please, we don't know what's coming. Please just be prepared. Preparewithglenn.com. You can save $150 on a three-month emergency food supply. Three months, you'll save $150. My Patriot Supply is the largest preparedness company in America, longtime sponsor of the program. The food kit is very popular right now. Have three months of food for each member of your family, please. You'll be glad you did if food shortages really... um, end up being what they could be go to preparewithglenn.com preparewithglenn.com right now orders will ship fast and arrive in unmarked boxes for your privacy again preparewithglenn.com don't wait or there'll be shortages and waits on this preparewithglenn.com 10 seconds station id All right, so Jeff, let's put this into practical terms now. Now that we we kind of know what it is, kind of put it into practical terms. Terms. What what does this mean for the country? First of all, and secrets. So, to your question, um, if we think about every year that, um, for example, nation states have hacked into networks or databases and gained access to files. Let's make some examples. For example, um, specifications of prototype um, uh, equipment, machinery, artillery, 
for defense. Um, could be a new fighter jet, might be a new stealth boat. Um, could be things from the private sector. For example, um, they managed to gain access to a bank and uh, a file that contained all of the customer's um, information. Uh, if they were encrypted properly, they wouldn't be able to view what was in those files. But this is what a, a powerful quantum computer can enable. It can actually um, decrypt uh, those files, and then all of that information that was stolen over the years now becomes visible. Wow. And how far ahead or are they ahead do you think China is? Um, I, you know, I, I have a, a, a more optimistic view on that. Oh, I, good. You know, I think there's, it's always used as the threat. You know, China, for example, invested about a billion dollars last year in quantum computing technology. But by far, in terms of researchers in this space, the U.S. has really the most advanced research and development. And it also has really the best private sector for developing quantum computing in the world. And so just as a perspective... About $1.4 billion was invested just in 2021 in quant private quantum computing companies in the U.S. alone. So that's more than China did as a country. The private sector uh, funneled and fueled into kind of the U.S. quantum computing industry. And that doesn't include the investments from public companies like Google, like Honeywell, like IBM, like Microsoft, who okay. all have their own quantum computing programs as well. And so that, so that perception that we're behind, I think, is is uh, grossly incorrect. So can we talk about the upside of it? Is it too much to say that when quantum computing really goes on, a lot of a lot of cures for maybe even things like cancer will happen quickly? Yes, uh, absolutely. So, you know, to me, some of the top applications so if we set aside the risk from um, of cybersecurity and, and, and cracking those files, the upside is we have systems that um, will be able to solve problems that we just could never solve even on a supercomputer. And so, for example, um, molecular design, um, really optimizing for compounds that can be used for therapeutics and cures. Um, uh, molecular design also impacts the creation of new materials. New alloys. Could be anything from a fabric to a magnet or to another great example is really designing the next generation of, of batteries. Huh. Okay, hang on just a second. More with Jeff Brown in just a second. The Glenn Back Program. New American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. New report shows almost 71% of Americans feel their paychecks aren't keeping up with inflation. If you missed the today's uh, first hour of the program, you got to go back and listen on the podcast because I gave you a story from the New York Times. They say everything is great. Is you got to go back to, you know, when men were on the moon the first time to get back to times that were this great. It's crazy. Anyway, inflation is here. Interest rates, higher interest rates are coming. If you have a buttload of credit cards that are 19 percent check, you'll be surprised how high it is now. Um, you're not going to be able to pay those credit cards off as inflation and interest rates continue to go up. Please consider using some of the equity in your home 
right now. Call American Financing. Pay those things off. Get that money off your, uh, uh, that monkey off of your back. Get some breathing room and then just control your spending and you'll be in a good situation. American Financing, 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Uh, we have uh, Jeff Brown uh, with us. He is the editor of The Bleeding Edge, and you can find him at jeffbrownletter.com or brownstoneresearch.com. Um, we're talking about the future and, and quantum computing, and it's some heavy lifting here, but now let's get into some of the good things that this might mean. We are, we are well on the path of quantum computing. Uh, there was a time that people didn't even know if this was even possible. It's now happening. Uh, and um, we were talking when we went to the break, Jeff, about some of the some of the breakthroughs that could happen, like batteries is a big one. We are headed for real trouble with energy um, because of what we're doing, shutting everything down. Um, you think this will help us? possibly get to a very efficient, very good battery? Uh, yes. Uh, you know, one of the hardest things to develop are really the materials and um, uh, uh, to battery anode. Um, and this is really one of the key areas that we'll be focusing quantum computing on. There are already some very exciting developments in this space. Um, quite a few companies, both public and private, are making great strides for the next generation of, um, of battery technology. Uh, but this will obviously be a, a very important area of focus, not just for electric vehicles, but also for just um, clean energy storage in general, even at an industrial scale. And is there, uh, do you see quantum leaps in battery and energy? Um, battery technology, um, unfortunately, is one of those things that tends to progress at more of an evolutionary yeah. pace rather than revolutionary. Uh, and by the way, this is something that's very consistent that we've seen over the last 30 or 40 years. And so it's a very complex um, problem to solve. There are always trade-offs. And so um, I don't see that kind of radical breakthrough in terms of so um, a battery technology because this is what i'm concerned about and and i know you have to have some sort of an answer or a warning on this we are texas uh, this last week has been saying well we might have some uh, brownouts texas with brownouts uh california is looking at brownouts or blackouts this summer um, and it's all because we're just not doing the right thing on energy. We're, we're going to unreliable energy sources when if we would just please take a breath and slow down it, we will evolve there, but we're, we're cutting everything short. Where are we even going to plug all these cars into when we get the cars that are all running on battery, the just the 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 load of refueling our cars is going to just drain us of energy sources. Uh, you know that's absolutely right. Very few people look at the entire 
chain from energy production, electricity production, all the way through to distribution in the vehicles. At a national level, our infrastructure, our power grids are not built to support all electric vehicles. Um, nowhere near that. They just could not produce enough electricity. They couldn't carry the load. Um, but, and but, it would come at the sacrifice to the point that you made of, of other necessities. I mean, you know, Jeff, as well as anybody else, there are no real combustion engines, engines slated to be made after 2030 in much of the world. <laughs> it, it has been so poorly thought through. And, you know, to put things in perspective, Let's take Texas. Uh, it's a great example. You know, roughly about 50%, 48% of Texas um, electricity production comes from natural gas, another 45% roughly from, from crude oil. And so if you're looking at 93, 95% are coming from fossil fuels, well, that's the electricity that goes into an electric vehicle. Correct. Is that clean? No. It's not. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> and in fact, you know, on average... We tend to see anywhere between seven and, you know, usually 15% of the electricity that's produced from fossil fuels is lost through transmission over the electricity transmission right. lines. So you actually have to produce an excess of electricity just to fuel your electric vehicle. So, so do you really, do you see anybody investing in this with that has a that has anything breakthrough that is coming our way? Or are we just screwed on this? Well, you know, what, what I'm most excited about um, in terms of clean energy production is nuclear fusion. So the power of the sun. But we've already, um, and there, we keep saying that that's coming. And <laughs> <laughs> is it? it we, yes, we're, we have some tremendous breakthroughs that have occurred in the last um, 24 months. We've even had some very short moments of net energy production. They, they, they haven't lasted long. Um, but we have proved that the theory does work. And there are several companies that I'm quite bullish on, private companies, that I believe will be able to demonstrate um, net energy production at a commercial scale um, by 2024 uh, at the latest. So it's not is, as far out as most of us think. How dangerous is it? Because that's what they're going to stop. They're, I mean, just like nuclear uh, power plants. Yeah, it's 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 completely the opposite. The the moment that the moment that um, uh, we want to essentially shut down a plasma, um, it does turn off very safely. The plasma reactions need to be maintained by very large, powerful magnets. The moment we turn off those magnets, the reaction slows down. And um, you know, in some even some forms of nuclear fusion. There's no radioactive waste at all either, which oh, wow. is one of the reasons why I think it's a fantastic solution to the to the problem that you raise. So let's let me switch one more topic. Uh, let me go back mm. to Bitcoin. Bitcoin's taking a bath. I my guess is, and I'm not an expert on this. My guess is it's the usual plus. Uh, the stock market is going down and people are pulling their money out of Bitcoin to pay off some of the, you know, bets that they made in the stock market. Uh, and it's not over. Uh, a, do you have any thoughts on Bitcoin? Uh, I agree with you completely. It is nowhere near being over. Okay. Um, you know, what we discovered in this, this latest uh, routes, I mean, 
both Bitcoin and Ethereum have dropped about 60% from their right. November highs that we saw last year. And it's been ugly. You know, all this tells us is that it's considered to be a risk asset rather than something that's uncorrelated or unrelated to equities. So it's behaving very much as the, the broad markets are behaving. Right. Um, but, but there's actually something a lot more interesting happening right now that's, that's very related um, that you may not have heard of. But one of the large stable coins, um, it's referred to as UST. Yeah, we talked about uh, this off air yesterday. This is fascinating. Go ahead. It is fascinating. Yeah, so UST is something referred to as an algorithmic stable coin. And kind of theoretically by design, it's supposed to be pegged to the U.S. dollar. So we can almost think that it's pretty close to what the Federal Reserve wants to do with its uh, central bank-backed um, you know, digital currency. Uh, but it became unpegged with the U.S. dollar. And stable coins are supposed to be stable. And what was very interesting about this, and by the way, this particular event has absolutely had an outsized impact on Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other digital assets because it's been so disconcerting for the entire cryptocurrency industry. Um, but what was interesting about what was happening here is that there were at least two major players that mm -hmm. um, almost appeared to be correlated in terms of dumping very large nine-figure amounts of this stable coin into the market. And that's what kicked off this depegging from the U.S. dollar. And then, of course, it just it was like an avalanche. You said and correlated, are, correlated or coordinated. Yes. Uh, my, my meaning was, was the same. Got it. Okay. Potentially co uh, coordinated, potentially um, backed by or involved by a major U.S. Hedge fund, hedge fund um, mm. hasn't been proven, but Gee, there's some that speculation on that. Yeah, <laughs> and then it gets even more interesting. It starts to raise the question: Well, who was the hedge fund backed by? Was there collusion or coordination with perhaps a government agency? Oh my uh, gosh! Because there has been oh a lot gosh. of a lot of talk from the Federal Reserve and, of course, the regulators. Um, kind of demanding that stable coins be regulated. Right. Now, of course, th this shouldn't come as a surprise to us, right? Because you have these private entities building U.S. dollar stable coins. And it, it's not a surprise to think the Federal Reserve thinks, well, that's their business. They're the only ones that should have a digital U.S. dollar, right? And so we can see how, you know, there may be a perceived conflict well, of, of interest <laughs> i will tell you that this is what we were talking about off air because we just didn't have time to talk about this um but we were talking about it yesterday Stu and i off air and we were saying it looks like it probably is one or two big investors that are dumping we didn't know why but we also were talking about and look at what the treasury is saying treasury is saying we got to regulate this is what we've been warning about and then on top of it quantum computing the Treasury and the Fed are out again saying when quantum computing really gets uh, gets going, uh, this is what we've warned about because it's uh, they have, you know, two sets of keys, public and private, and you should never have public keys. Otherwise, it'll be hackable all the time. Isn't it interesting? The timing is very is very suspicious. Um, and they have been waiting for a moment like this to to use as. Um, some leverage or as right. a catalyst 
to uh, assert um, a stronger regulatory stance. This current administration has been very hostile towards digital assets of any kind, unfortunately, yeah. and it's it's actually driven investment and innovation offshore away yeah. from the United States, which has been frustrating. Um, would you do me a favor? Watch that story. And if you see any kind of news coming out uh, on, on the hedge fund, I can't imagine. Maybe it's like white dust hedge fund or something. Or you know, I can't think of anything. What might be uh, the uh, the hedge fund that is is actually possibly involved? Please let me know, will you? Well, I'll I'll keep an eye out for it. There have been some rumors, and there are only rumors that Citadel Ken Griffin might be involved. But Citadel um, again, Citadel. That's mm. one of the largest, yeah, one of the most successful hedge funds over the last couple of decades. Um, but that's just and one rumor, of, to be and, fair. And one of the big three, if I'm not mistaken, in ESG and, and everything else, which is a public-private partnership with business and government. Right, yeah. right. All right, thank you so much, Jeff. I appreciate it. God bless you. You're welcome. You bet. Thanks for joining us. Uh, editor of The Bleeding Edge, founder and chief investment analyst of Brownstone Research. You can find him at the website, brownstoneresearch.com. Also, get the Jeff Brown letter at jeffbrownletter.com. Uh, all right. I want to talk to you a little bit about um, Rough Greens. Tanya got a new dog. Um, and the reason why I say it that way is because she didn't want a new dog. And so I said, yes, dear. And then she started looking at dogs and she said, I really don't want a big. And I said, I know. Yes, dear. And then she found a dog she really liked. And I said, yes, dear. And she said, but we're not going to get it. And I said, yes, dear. And then she bought it. And I said, yes, dear. And so when the new dog comes in, it's Tanya's dog. Because I said, yes, dear, whatever you want. Uh, anyway, uh, and I'm, I'm absolutely for the dog or not for the dog. Whatever makes my wife happy, honestly. Uh, but we're going to be feeding, uh, he's a two-year-old, and we're going to be feeding him, uh, you know, same dog food, but we're putting rough greens on it um, because it keeps not just our older dog, Uno, happy and healthy, really happy and healthy. Um, it will do the same for the two-year-old. Yes, dear. Rough greens, did I get it? Yes, I did, dear. We put, you put rough greens on his Yes, I did, dear. It's roughgreens.com slash Beck, roughgreens.com slash Beck. By the way, you get your first bag free. Just make sure you give them the promo code Beck or go to roughgreens.com slash Beck, and that'll get you the first one free. All you pay for is shipping. 833-GLENN33, 833-GLENN33, roughgreens.com slash Beck. Yes, dear. Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. This is the Glenn Beck program uh, tonight. The Glenn Beck uh, special, the Wednesday night special is all on the border. Uh, the Biden bloodbath that is absolutely happening uh, because of human trafficking, because of fentanyl. We look at it and Chip Roy joins us tonight, 9 p.m. on Blaze TV slash Glenn. Right after. 
the 500th episode of Stew Does America. Wow, that thing is still on the air. 500 times. Wow. <laughs> 500 episodes. That's incredible. That is incredible. It does not seem possible. Yeah. But yes, 500 episodes. We started the show right before the pandemic. Yeah. We, I, some people say we're responsible for it. I believe that. <laughs> I watch it every time. Every time I watch it, I get sick. I mean, just the stuff that has happened. Thank you. Yeah. Just the stuff that has happened <laughs> since the show has launched. Yes. Uh, you know, we, Donald Trump was president. There was no such thing as COVID-19 in America. Uh, Cuomo was, was in office Cuomo and in on office. air. <laughs> That's right, Bo. <laughs> CNN Plus was still in the planning yeah. stages. You know. Now, in the old days, we had CNN Plus. Uh, inflation, not at all. What was the inflation rate when we started this thing? Let's see. Inflation, when I, that show started, was 1.5%. 1.5. And now it's 8.3%. Yeah. And they're acting like it's good news. It's a lot changed. Russia was not technically really at war with Ukraine, even though they kind of were. How many episodes? We were still in Afghanistan. Tonight, we celebrate your 500th yes. episode. How many episodes have I done? Do you have any idea? On, of of my show? You are. I, we did find this out. The most frequent guest on the program. So congratulations on that. You've made. Wow, that's how bad Right from it the is. Radio Hall of Fame to that. Wow. wow. My career is. <laughs> over <laughs> it is over and you're going to be on tonight to celebrate in fact we're going to oh, redo a radio reboot pat oh, glenn on. and jeffy on tonight's show okay you don't want to miss it before this the wednesday night special blaze tv program.